it up real high. Repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. Because it's always a lamp unto our feet. And it's always a light unto our path. Thank you for the word that you have given me for your people today. And I pray in Jesus' name that our hearts, our heads, and our hands will be open to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. And so, Lord, we just take authority over any distractions that may try to come to hinder your word from flowing. And I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow our lives as a result of this word today. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a series entitled Maintaining a Spirit-Filled Life. Say this with me. Say maintaining a Spirit-Filled Life. And here is why I entitled the series the way I did. Your spiritual life must be maintained just like any other area in your life. Your car must be maintained or it will eventually break down on you. Your marriage must be maintained or it will eventually break down on you. Almost everything in life must be maintained and your spiritual life is no different. And the more you hear the word, do the word, and speak the word, the sharper or more sensitive you and I become spiritually. Can I get an amen, church? So on last week, we completed our third lesson in our series. And the topic we're talking about uh, are manifesting uh, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And they are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now this week I received so many messages from my, our members using these manifestations in their everyday lives. Because again, these manifestations are not just for you. They are for those that God has put around you. And we've had members practicing on elevators and at baseball games and in the lives of people. And uh, I'm so proud of that. And so what I'm going to do today as I close the series is staying in the vein. And so if you're taking notes, my message title is Manifesting the Father's Spirit. This is part two. And the goal of the message today is to continue to explain the different manifestations of God's Spirit and how they can be used in your daily life. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12. And then we're going to turn over to Acts chapter 8, starting at verses 5. That was 1 Corinthians 12, and then Acts chapter 8, verses 5. Now, the key principle that you and I have learned throughout the series is that speaking in tongues is not a gift, but the gift is the Holy Spirit. 
And we read in Acts 10.45, which says, And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came to Peter, or with Peter, because that on the Gentiles, say Gentiles, in other words, on the non-Jews, which includes us, also was poured out, read it with me, the gift of the Holy Ghost. So let's start out today in 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to start in verse 7 again. And it reads, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one or whosoever is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. We covered that. To another the word of knowledge. We covered that. And by the Spirit. And then verse 9 says, To another faith by the same Spirit. We covered that. Here are the new manifestations that we're going to talk about this morning. It says, To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all of these manifestations work at that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. Amen. So let's start out with the gifts of healing this morning. And the Bible says that there, it says the gifts of healing by the same spirit. Now listen, the gifts of healing is a manifestation that has the ability to produce all forms of healing. Whether it's physical healing, whether it's mental healing, whether it's emotional healing. And I'm glad that this particular manifestation ended with the phrase, by the same spirit. And the best way to explain this manifestation is by using an an analogy that I want to give you all now. Let's just pretend that all of us were sisters and brothers genetically. And we both had the same two parents which would mean that you and I would have similar characteristics, but we would have different individual giftings. Well, because we all have the Holy Spirit, amen, we all have the ability to manifest His abilities. In other words, all of us can manifest the gifts of healing, but there are those who actually have the gift of healing. Now you say, well, Pastor, explain it. Let me give you a natural example. All of us have the ability to sing, but Whitney Houston had the gift to sing. Did you get that? All of us may be able to make a joyful noise to the Lord, but Whitney Houston could sing unto the Lord. Amen. Now, a spiritual example is found in Matthew chapter 8, verses 16. I'm going to read it. It says, When the evening was come... They brought to Jesus many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed how many? All that were sick. There is that gifting of healing that Jesus had. And we know that Jesus not only had the gift of healing, but Jesus is the healer. Amen. It came from him. It says, and then another one is, uh, well, let me finish reading. It says, verse 17, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Esaias, the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now, another gift of healings is found in Acts chapter 5, verse 12. It says, and this is about Peter, and the hands and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. 
And they were all, say all, they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest does no man join himself to them. But the people magnified them, verse 14. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. Here's verse 15 where the gift of healing comes in. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. See, there are some people who have this gifting. Benny Hinn's one of them. That's why it manifests so much in his ministry because he has the gifting. That goes. Now we have the manifestation because let's say if you are uh, in the middle uh, of the highway and someone has an accident and, and it happens right in front of your car and you get out and that person uh, is, you know, is about to die. We can't call Benny Hinn on, uh, on to 360. God's got to use somebody. The same spirit that's in Benny Hinn, that's in the Holy Spirit is in you. In fact, the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in, in us. Amen. Here, here's a recent example of the, the gift of healing working in our ministry. Uh, it took place at our last share event, which is our women's event. And if you are a woman and you don't come, you're missing a huge treat. Amen. Well, there was a lady who was visiting, came to service that night. And uh, she was a chain smoker for 15 years. She did not know she would walk out of service that night completely delivered from cigarette smoke. And has not since this day smoked again. Everybody say, that's the gift of healing. Amen. We've had people to come down here to the altar whose legs were uneven and they got healed. The leg actually grew. Amen. I had an inmate one time, not that I was in there with him. <laughs> Let me make that clear. Word of truth, church member, pastor was in jail. No, I was visiting jail. And this particular inmate had a very bad toothache. And so I laid my hands on him because the Bible says if you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. So I laid my hands on him and I commanded that toothache to stop and it stopped on the spot. And then I looked at him and I asked him, did he feel pain? He said, it's completely gone. I said, okay, good. Go to the dentist. Came back next week. Hey, how's your tooth? It is fantastic. It still hasn't started hurting, uh, back hurting. I said, have you gone to the dentist? No, I'm not going. How many know that's not wisdom right there? So let's look at our next manifestation. We just looked at healings. Our next manifestation is found in verse 10. And it is the working of miracles. The working of miracles. And the working of miracles is a manifestation that allows a person by the Spirit, here's the definition, to produce spiritual power or strength that can heal, deliver a person from all forms of wickedness, demonic activity, or, pro, or oppressive strongholds. I'll say that again. The working of miracles is a manifestation. Say it's a manifestation. 
It's a manifestation by the Spirit that allows a person by the Spirit to produce spiritual power or strength that can heal, deliver people from all forms of wickedness, demonic activity, or oppressive strongholds. It has no boundaries for which it has the ability to spiritually produce. Amen. The miracles can produce things out of nothing. There are people who have had organs taken out of their bodies and the the working of miracles took place and an organ reappeared. Amen. Now let me add before we continue that there are counterfeits to these manifestations. In regards, especially to this particular one, remember when God told Moses to go to Pharaoh and he had, he told Moses, drop your, your rod down. And so Moses dropped his staff and the staff turned, turned into a snake or a serpent. And so God told him to pick it back up by its tail and then it turned back into a rod. Well, when he went to Pharaoh to do that miracle, the Bible says Moses dropped his rod. It turned into a serpent. And then watch this, the sor- sorcerers or the witches, or warlocks, whatever you want to name them, or psychics. I just want to throw that out there. They threw their staff down, and it turned into a snake too. But here's the difference. Moses' rod swallowed up their rod. You know why? Because number one, God's power always has authority over the power of the enemy. I'm going to say that again. God's power always has authority over the enemy. In fact, Luke chapter 10 verse 19 puts it like this. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I recently received an email from a member about witchcraft and uh, how real it was. And I said, it's just as real as how much you want to acknowledge it. Amen. Now, the uh, interesting thing about this particular manifestation, the working of miracles, uh, it comes from the Greek word dunamis. Say dunamis. And this word dunamis means the ability to show forth power, strength, and might, power, strength, and might. As a matter of fact, this word miracles or its Greek word dunamis shows up more times in the New Testament as the word power than any other English word. So I'm going to give you a few examples here. Most of us know Acts 1 verse 8. It says, but you shall receive power. You shall lambano power or watch this now. Miracles after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Now let's read that in context to what we're talking about right now. That verse actually says this. But you shall receive miracles, strength, power, and might. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. My question is, how many of you have the Holy Spirit? Okay, so he's saying once you receive Lombano, the Holy Spirit, you have the miracle 
power of God working in your life. Don't ever say I can't make it. Why can you say you can't make it when you have the spirit, the power in you to make it? I can do all things, not some things, all things through Christ who strengthens me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow. Listen, I tell people, Pastor, I'm going through. I just tell them, keep walking. Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, this was Paul talking, he says, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Now here's what the thorn in the flesh was, because most people say, well, what was the thorn in the flesh? Well, just keep reading. The thorn in the flesh was a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And the Lord said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. Watch this now. Here's where the word dunamis or the word miracle or the word strength or power comes in. For my strength, there it is. That's the word dunamis. That's the word power. That's the word miracles. Is made perfect in weakness. He says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Watch this. Here's that word again. That the power or miracles of Christ may rest upon me. Now, let me give you some good news. The breeding ground for miracles happening in your life and in the lives of others is when you're weak, not just when you're strong. See, most of us, we're wanting to be strong every single day. And you know what? You are strong in Christ Jesus. But sometimes you might feel weak. How you feel has nothing to do with the dunamis power within you. So even on the days you don't feel good, you don't feel saved, you don't feel spiritual, that has nothing to do with what God wants to do through you that day. Amen. So let's look at now uh, an occurrence from which this manifestation shows up in the New Testament. Go to Acts chapter 8. That's where I told you to go in your Bibles. Acts chapter 8. And we're going to look in verse 5. This verse here is where this manifestation shows up. It's uh, in Acts 8, 5. It says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto the things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the what class? The miracles which he did. Now here is how miracles look and sound. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies and that were lame were what? Healed, And there was great joy in that city. Now, I'm going to stop there and I'm going to come back because I want you to see that miracles included demons being casted out, people who were lame being healed, people who had diseases being healed as well. But I want you to see something that was interesting because in verse 8 or verse 9 it says, But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the city used sorcery, and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. In other words, there was a warlock, a sorcerer in the city, and he did similar things. Because when you see it, I'm going to show you another example. When the giftings of miracles, the manifestations start coming, demonic activity shows up too. Let's look at the second one. Look in Acts chapter 19. Look in verse 11. 
And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that from his body, watch this now, this is where a lot of TV preachers have started marketing this. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. Awesome. Listen, that actually took place, but we don't have to market it. I mean, you can't buy a miracle. I don't care what they tell you on TV. I saw some this week. It was called the blood of Jesus all and it was red. Really? Send in your best offering and God. No, no, no. You can't buy a miracle. Touch your name and say, you can't buy a miracle. Now, don't confuse that with sowing seeds of faith, but there is no such thing as buying a miracle. And that's what makes, watch this now, the psychic whole thing wrong. Because you shouldn't have to buy or pay somebody for a prophetic word from God. So watch this now. It says, and then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits. Uh, So watch this now. So all these, you know, diseases start coming out of people. They started being delivered from spirits and stuff, from Paul's handkerchiefs. And then the Bible says, then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, these are not saved people. They took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits. uh, Watch this. In the name of the Lord Jesus saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul. Paul preached. They didn't know him. They didn't know Jesus. They knew Paul knew Jesus, but they didn't know Jesus. So they trying to cast out some evil spirits in the name of Jesus that Paul had. They said, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preached. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew, and the chief of the priests which did so. And the evil spirit said and answered unto them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, and Pastor Evan I know. But who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them. So they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Can you imagine a demon beating you up, leaving you naked and wounded? Notice that in both of these instances where the miracle of man, the manifestation of miracles showed up, that demonic activity showed up as well. Amen. Now let's go to our next manifestation. It's found in verse 10 as well. It says, to another prophecy. Now prophecy means divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of God, whether it's by reproving and admonishing the wicked or confronting the afflicted. It's also the revealing of hidden things and the foretelling of future things. I'm going to say that again. That's a mouthful. Prophecy means divine inspiration. Say divine inspiration. So divine inspiration, it's it's not based on how you feel. It's divine inspiration. And that's where most people get off because sometimes you can get a feeling. My pastor operates like this sometimes that... Uh, when his arm on his right hand starts hurting, somebody's arm on their left hand needs healing and God's healing them. 
So that's a feeling, but it's not all, all about a feeling because if it was about a feeling, then most of us, would walk, we would operate in the emotional realm. And you cannot operate consistently in the manifestations if you are based on your feelings. Amen. Let me say this. All of these manifestations have counterfeits. Everybody say counterfeits. And see, this is where psychics come in. Because, see, the enemy functions in the spirit realm as well. He has the ability to produce information too. In other words, see, the, 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 the devil, he knows your past because he was here before you got here. And so all of these little demonic spirits, all they got to do is reach into the spirit realm because the spirit realm is eternal. In other words, once this is why dying is so real. And before you die, you have to make a choice of where you go eternally. You can't do it after you die. Here's why. This is, okay, Lord, help me right here. This is why you can't die and then make a, an eternal choice. Because your will, which represents you, can only take place while you are alive. And God needs to know that you were willing to make Jesus Lord as your personal Savior and not afterwards because afterwards your will is gone and your spirit is alive. And it's too late. Once you go into the spirit realm, there is a, a, a chasm. Is that the right word? All right. That, that's why the man who died and said, you know, uh, God, send my brothers, send, us, send Abraham or somebody up there and tell my brothers, you don't want to come down to this place. And they said, oh, no, no, no. It's too much of a gap. We can't send nobody up there for you. So here's the deal. I'm talking to somebody right now. You have been... Towing in your mind, is heaven real? Is hell real? Well, let me tell you right now, they are. And you're going to have to choose this day who you are going to serve. And I'm going to tell you something. Let me, let, me, let me just give you some advice. Choose Jesus. Come on, give Jesus a big hand right there. Just give him a big hand right there. So let's look at some scriptural references regarding prophecy. And let me say that the character and the calling of the person prophesying is just as important as the prophecy itself. Now, I'm going to rewind that one because I don't think you got it. All right, check this out now. Touch your name and say, wake up. The character and the calling of the person Who's prophesying is just as important as the prophecy itself because you can be getting a prophet lie and not a prophecy. So let's look at some scriptural occurrences and I only want to look at one just for the sake of time. In 1 Kings chapter 17, it says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, he said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years, but according to my word. Man, how could Elijah just stand up and tell the people, it 
is not going to rain for some years according to my word. Well, first of all, prophetic words cannot come to pass unless God has ordained them. So let's see, because this particular event was recorded twice in the New Testament. In Luke chapter 4, verse 25, this is when Jesus was talking. He says, but I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias when the heaven was shut up three years and six months when great famine was throughout the land. Let's just stop there. Can you imagine it not raining in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for three years? Well, this same event was recorded in James chapter 5, look at verse 17. It says, Elias, or Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Notice before he prophesied, he prayed. I said, notice before he prophesied, he prayed. Because when he was praying, evidently it was something God wanted to do. And he, listen, every, you want to get a prayer answered every single time. You want your particular prayer being answered every single time. Pray what God wants for you. I said, pray what God wants for you. I said, pray what God wants for you. See, some of you all are stuck and you're praying one prayer. God, give me a man, give me a man, give me a man, give me a man. God, give me a woman, give me a woman, give me a woman, give me a woman. He heard it already. Move on with your life. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk upright. Listen, if you know God's got your best interest at hand, leave that prayer with him and go on with your life because a man that finds a wife finds a good thing, not a man that gets a wife. See, that's the problem. I just said this in the back. Many men are getting wise, but God didn't help them find one. Amen. Woman of God, make sure he finds you and not just gets you. If you know what I mean. No pun intended. <laughs> Whoa, that was rated all, wasn't it? You got what I was saying though. Sometimes you have to come at the saints. You gotta come with, you gotta come right at them. Because, you know, the saints, the saints, what we do, we specialize in dodging the word. The word becoming. Mm, mm, mm. See, some of y'all in the. Y'all dodging that word. Now, I have, there are three more manifestations that I don't have time for. Okay, so I'm going to. Do something real fast. One of them was the discerning of spirits. Okay? And I don't have a lot of time to get into it. But that doesn't mean, you know, uh, nosiness. Okay? Uh, it didn't say the discerning of people. It said the discerning of spirits. There's a difference. You know, something told me to check my husband's phone. Superstition. 
I'm not saying God can't tell you to check your husband's phone, but most of the time, that, that ain't got, most of that ain't got nothing to do with God. Let me give y'all a real quick uh, personal example. Years ago, uh, uh, there was someone that I knew well, and their son was part of this church group that was kind of different. Okay? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if they believed in Jesus, but I think they did. But it was just something off about them. And, you know, they knew that I was, you know, growing in the Lord and that kind of thing. So they invited me to their service. It wasn't called church. Okay, no problem. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming in. I got the Spirit of God in me. So I don't know what's going to go down up in there, but I'm ready. So when we get in the, in the service, nobody was in charge. That was odd. And then, you know, as they did different things, uh, somebody came up and said something like, well, it's prayer time. So everybody turned around to their seat, got down on their knees and started praying. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So, so I'm like, this is freaking me out. So I, 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 I started speaking in tongues. I mean, that's the only thing I know to do in this place right up in here. So I started speaking in tongues. And as I began to speak in tongues, the, the Spirit of God gave me a revelation of what was going on. They were practicing wheel worship. Now see, I didn't even know the word or phrase wheel worship even existed until I went back home and researched it in the Bible. Wheel worship is when men come up with their own way that they're going to worship God. I thought, wow. Just like the Tower of Babel, that was wheel worship. That was their way that they were going to go up to God. No, no, no. First of all, there is only one way to the Father. The Bible says there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. You cannot get to God until you go across the bridge of Jesus Christ. Amen. Then we have, uh, we had uh, divers kinds of tongues or tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And I'll just say this and then we're going to pray. Uh, tongues, notice it's, it's diverse kinds of tongues or just tongues in general. Here's why. This is why some people think that speaking in tongues means you are speaking another English, not an English word, another uh, natural uh, uh, language. Because in the book of Acts, there was one instance where... Uh, you know, the Spirit of God came on people and they began to pray into a language and people that were living in that city that was part of that language heard it and they heard the gospel being, watch this, preached through people who were not learned of their language. And that's why some people think, oh, speaking in tongues, just speaking another language. No, it's not. It's not. Because remember, we read in, in uh, 1 Corinthians where it says that tongues, when you pray, you're not speaking to men. Who are you speaking to? You're speaking to God. So in that instance, God just used tongues in that instance to reach man. But then you also have, no, notice what Paul said, though I speak with tongues of men and angels. So there are different tongues but then the interpretation of tongues, which most of the time I've been in, uh, if I've been in church uh, services or whatever and tongues somebody stood up and you know wanted to give you know tongues and and then they wait and for somebody to give an interpretation let me just say this and i'm not trying to be funny touch your neighbor and say he ain't trying to be funny if you can speak in tongues 
then you should be able to interpret too. Listen, all of the manifestations are inside of you. So why would God give you a word in tongues and nobody else has the interpretation? No, because see, people have been taught wrong. Okay, well, you do the speaking and you do the interpreting. Well, no, you can do both of them. Look at your neighbor and say, I didn't know that. Okay, so interpretation is not a word for word. It's, it's, it's. It's not a, uh, when you call language where, uh, you know, interpretation in our language is when you say word for word what somebody is saying. That's not what interpretation means here. It, that's why, and, and you can't have, you know, tongues that's this long and then the, the interpretation is this short. Really? No, but what it is, it's a summary of what God was saying in the spirit. Amen. Listen, I've had one time uh, just before I uh, was was pastoring and uh, I, I was a minister at the time. My wife and I were sitting in a uh, like a conference and we were like on the first row or second row. And we were we were actually uh, escorting our pastors there. And so we're sitting there. We're not even paying attention, which I encourage you, if you're going to be on the front row, pay attention. Well, I wasn't paying attention that day. In fact, me and her, we were not paying attention. We messing around with each other, right? And uh, <laughs> that didn't sound right, but you know what I mean, though, right? <laughs> anyway, we're sitting there, and uh, the speaker says, Man of God, is that your wife? Stand up. He said, man, man of God, is that your wife that you're caressing? And I was like, yes. Yeah. He said, stand up. And so he told me to come down, both of us to come down, and he began to prophesy. One of the things he said to me, was, I see your face on billboards. Now, at the time, I was selling cars. I thought, man, I'm going to own my own dealership, man. I'm a, Man, every car to come and we'll sell you, you know, the best vehicle. And see, this is why I have problems with a how, how a lot of people receive prophecy. Because a lot of Christians, we want to go and try to live out a prophecy that we receive instead of allowing it to be fulfilled in our lives. So I didn't leave there with that word, oh, my name's going to be on billboards, my face is going to be on billboards. I could have made that prophecy happen. And I could have been up there talking about, you know, come buy some cars for me. That would not have been the will of God. Listen, you can't make a prophecy come to pass. You should allow it to be fulfilled in your life. It should not govern what you do. That's why a lot of people miss God because if the person prophesying to you is off and they talk about you're going to go to India and you quit your job and you sell everything you have and you go to India, you're going to be broke, busted, and disgusted when you get down there. (laughs) So let me close by saying this. When you and I made Jesus the Lord of our lives, these abilities, these manifestations were deposited on the inside of us. And I want to continue to encourage you Even though the series is finished, don't stop allowing God to use you. Here is why somebody's life depends on your word. I said somebody's life depends on your word. As I close, the first prophetic word I gave as a pastor to our church was to a member. uh, We were at intercessory prayer. And she and her husband at the time were 
trying to get pregnant. I didn't know that. And so I looked at them and I said, are you all, I said, are you all trying to have a baby? They said, yeah, but it's been a while. We've been trying. I said, listen, you're going to conceive this baby and have this baby in the same year. Now, how many know that's a hard word there because you only have a small time frame in the same year to conceive and have the baby. And I gave them that word. And thank you, God, she got pregnant. And as the pregnancy progressed, the doctor said, Ma'am, this baby's going to be born in January. And so uh, that's your due time. Well, that didn't match the word that God gave me. I said, well, Lord, now you said she was going to conceive and have the baby this year. You know, they stoned people who were not, who were false prophets back in the day. (laughs) See, if they did that today, we would have a whole lot of dead spiritual Christian people. That baby came early and came in December. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap right there. These manifestations are not just for you. They're for those who God puts around you. Father, in Jesus' name, the word has been released. Holy Spirit, stir up these manifestations in the people of God. Begin to give them clarity and words and thoughts that match what you want to say to people. I declare that fear will not hold them back in Jesus' name from manifesting these manifestations. Because you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so I declare now in Jesus' name that the people of God are free to use these manifestations to the glory of God. And I thank you in advance, Father, that our church will be a sensitive church, not just corporately, but most of all individually. To advance your kingdom. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Everybody say amen. With your head still bowed. There's, there's maybe.